Hello everyone, this is Jonathan Little, and today I'm going to be going over a hand from a $3,500 buy-in World Poker Tour event that took place at the Borgata in Atlantic City. And in this hand, um, we're playing 300 big blinds deep, very early in the tournament. The blinds are 50-100, and I have pocket aces in second position. Ace of hearts, ace of clubs. It's a pretty good hand. <laughs> the player under the gun limps, and I have to decide if I want to limp or raise, and then also if I want to raise, how large do I want to raise? The first thing I, I rule out immediately is limping behind. I'm not trying to limp re-raise. I think that's a horrible play that makes it to where it's very difficult for you to win a large pot, unless your opponent has kings, which in which case you're going to win a big pot anyway. So limp re-raising is completely out of the question. Then the only question is, how large do I make it? Do I make it 400 to try to keep a bunch of players in, or do I make it bigger, like 700 to try to make people fold? And I think by far the best play is to just make it 400. You want to keep people in the pot. If you get outdrawn, that's okay. You have to realize you are not just blindly stacking off with your pocket aces. I think a lot of amateurs make the error early in a tournament of getting a hand like aces or kings or queens, and then just trying to blast their stack in the pot. And they have to realize that if their opponents are willing to put their whole stacks in for 300 big blinds early in a major tournament, they probably have aces beat. So whenever you do have a hand like aces, you have to be able and willing to get away from it if it plays out poorly for you. So anyway... Under the gun limps, I make it 400. A player in fourth position calls. We are nine-handed. So, you know, that could be pretty much anything early in these tournaments. The guy on the button calls, small blind calls, big blind folds, and under the gun calls. So, we see the flop five ways, which a lot of players, again, they're completely dreading this situation. They're like, oh my god, five ways, aces are screwed. And that's not necessarily the case. So, in this hand player in the small blind checks under the gun checks and i bet 1200 into the 2100 chip pot if you guys remember back to i believe about four weeks ago i had a hand where i had i think it was pocket kings on 996 maybe that wasn't it i don't remember exactly what it was but i just check folded the flop in a spot where i got the vibe that someone yet to act had a good hand and if i got the vibe that someone had a good hand on this board like, say I thought, for example, the button had a good hand because maybe he sits up to the table or perks up or something like that. I would strongly consider checking this, but if I get the vibe no one has a premium hand, or if I get no vibe at all, I'm just going to continuation bet as a fairly default play. But again, you have to be very aware of what your opponents are doing and how they're acting at the table because they can give away a lot of information that allows you to save chips or at least go into pot control mode with the pocket aces. But apparently I didn't get that vibe in this spot, so I bet 1200 I want to make a bet that will keep my opponents in if they have a 10 or a 9 or maybe even a 3 or a random draw. If I get raised in this spot, I'm going to be pretty sick, but I'm certainly not folding, at least on the flop, with the ace of clubs. Um, 10, 9, 3, 2 clubs. I have the ace of clubs. So everyone folds around to the player under the gun who check calls. So when he check calls, that range is probably going to be a lot of draws, a lot of 10s, and a lot of 9s. I think that's going to be pretty much all I'm against. So what are the draws that are available? You can have a flush draw, but notice I have the ace of clubs. That should take away a lot of the reasonable uh, draws. Also, the 10 and the 9 are on the board, so he either has something like 8-7, 8-6, 7-6, or king-queen, king-jack, queen-jack. That Those are the only ones that make much sense. Um, so I'm generally putting the opponent on that rough range. Turns a queen of diamonds, so that's going to make his 10 significantly worse. But it should improve a lot of his 
good flush draws, and then his bad flush draws, like 7-6, still have a gut shot plus a flush draw, so my opponent's not going to fold. This seems like a pretty easy spot for me to bet. If I get check-raise, I'm going to be very sick, because obviously I lose to queen-9, queen-10, and king-jack, and also jack-8 of clubs. You know, king-jack of clubs, jack-8 of clubs. Opponent could just have random jack-8 offsuit and decided to check-call as well. So this is a dicey spot, but I do think, especially against most amateur players, I can make a bet with the intention of folding if I get raised. And I'm not trying to fold my aces, but certainly that that could happen. So he checks. I bet 1,900 into the 4,500 chip pot, which I think is a pretty good size. I could maybe go a touch larger. But you have to realize in this spot, I'm trying to make my opponent call with a naked 10 or 9. If I was to bet larger, what I'm saying is that I'm fine if my opponent folds the 9s and the 10s. And I don't really want my opponent to fold a 9 or a 10, because if he folds a 9 or a 10, that means he's only going to call with a queen or better, or draw. And that range is actually pretty strong. I'd much rather keep him in with a hand like 9-8 or 10-8 or ace-10 that are draw- that are drawing fairly thin. And also, I'm going to have a pretty good amount of visibility on the river, meaning I know which cards are bad for me, right? Like, I don't want a jack to come, I don't want an 8 to come, I don't want a king to come. Um, and I don't want a club to come. Those are really the only bad cards. I suppose a 10 or a 9 would be particularly bad on this river, or if I bet small in the turn as I do. But there are spots where your opponent's draws are very concealed, and then there are spots where your opponent's draws are fairly obvious. And this is one of those spots where the opponent's draws, if he does check call the turn, should be fairly obvious. So I'm going to be able to play very well on the river if I bet this and get called. I don't like a bigger bet again because it forces my opponent to have something good. And if I'm forcing him to have something good, aces aren't in amazing shape. But when I bet small and he calls, aces are in amazing shape. So on the river, the opponent decides to lead for 2,500. The river is a bad river, the two of clubs. So it's not the worst river. I suppose the worst river would be a king of clubs or a jack of clubs or an eight of clubs. But two of clubs is pretty bad. But my opponent leads for 2,500. So I have the ace of clubs in my hand. Remember, I have pocket aces with the ace of clubs. And... I'm getting amazing pot odds, right? I do not need to win very often at all to show a profit in this scenario. So the real question becomes, would my opponent make this play with anything besides a flush? And I don't know. I mean, it's difficult to know. I do know, though, that I'm at the Borgata in Atlantic City, and that's a place where guys like to be macho. They like to not get pushed around, and also they like to try to push you around. (laughs) So... For that reason alone, I think this becomes a fairly standard call. Also, my opponent did bet somewhat small, and that also makes it much closer to a call. If he bet larger, like say he bet 6,000, <laughs> I'm not going to say I would have folded, but I would have been much more inclined to fold for 6,000 compared to 2,500. I mean, you have to realize when he bets 2,500 into 8,300, I do not have to be right very often at all to justify calling. To show you how often I need to be right to justify calling, the pot on the river is 8,300. So the way you figure this out is you 8,300 plus your opponent's bet, which is 2,500, plus the amount that I will be calling. So that's plus 5,000. So then we take 2,500, which is the bet we're facing, divided by the total pot when I call. So we take 2,500 divided by 13,300 equals... 18.7% of the time, 18.8% of the time. So that's often I need to be right to justify calling. And in this scenario, I usually try to look at what are the other draws that could have missed? Are there there draws that could have missed, right? So 
In this scenario, a jack could have missed, but what jacks are on the flop? I mean, queen jack probably isn't going to bet the river. Jack 10 is probably not going to bet the river. Um, so that's kind of unlikely. My opponent could also have a random king in his hand, like king 3 or king 9 that he's just deciding to bluff. He could also have something like 9-8. But there really aren't very many bluff combinations in my opponent's range. So if that's the case, you then have to start asking yourself, will my opponent turn a made hand into a bluff? Like ace 10 for example and if that becomes the case then i really have to call this is an interesting spot though because my opponent's range should be mostly pairs that have some amount of showdown value or draws that got there and when that's the case i think i should at least consider folding but early in a tournament i need to win 18 percent of the time i'm probably going to win more than that but it's close so i look the opponent up also before we see his hand I, well, here we are going to see his hand. 10-6 of diamonds. Um, I was going to say that there's a little bit of value, even if I know I'm losing money in this exact call, there's a little bit of value in letting your opponents know you can't bluff this guy on the river because he's just going to look you up. And if you let your opponents know they're not going to be able to bluff you early in the tournament, they're probably not going to be inclined to bluff you in the future, which will actually allow you to make bigger folds in the future. So he showed 10-6 of diamonds, right? And this hand was initially posted on Share My Pair, which is the way I'm sharing this hand with you right now. It's a, an application for iPhone and Android devices where you can share your hands with your friends. And people can leave comments. So a lot of the people in the chat said, oh, he's making a blocking bet with the 10-6, thinking he has the best hand. A blocking bet is, by definition, a value bet. And it's usually a small bet designed to get called by a worse hand. So what worse hands could I have that I'm going to call with on the river? Well, I'm sure not going to call with ace-king. That's about impossible. I'm not going to call with a 9 because I lose to random 10s like I said that may, may be turning themselves into a bluff I'm not going to be betting pocket 8s like this I probably wouldn't bet a 9 like this either so my calling range in the spot is going to be a queen or better pretty much and maybe a hero call ace 10 so this this bet is if it is a blocking bet it is not a good blocking bet because you can't get called by a worse hand a blocking bet in my mind in this spot would be something like king queen or I guess king queen would be like a real would be realistic hand to blocking bet with because then you could get called by pocket jacks you could get called by ace ten could be called could get called by queen jack so king queen um, blocking bet has some merits but not that I would expect most people to do that I actually think blocking bets are a very bad play I discussed that thoroughly in my first tournament book secrets of professional tournament poker volume one I go through and debunk a lot of the plays that some people think of as standard and. Make it really clear using lots of math and lots of examples about how these players are just horrible. And this is a good example of this. If this player thinks that his bet with 10-6 is for value, it's just not a good play. I actually don't mind this hand as a bluff. And the reason I don't mind it as a bluff is for exactly the reason I just stated. He loses to pretty much every hand that I could have besides, I guess, a 9. But again, I'm probably not betting the flop and the turn with a 9. So... This is a pretty cool hand to turn into a bluff because this should actually be near the bottom of my opponent's range. If you think about it, when he check calls flop, check calls turn, like I said, he should have tens, maybe a nine, and then all hands that are better than a tens and, and draws. And most of the draws get there. So it's kind of interesting. This is actually the bottom of my opponent's range or nearly the bottom of his range. So if that's the case, it's a pretty good hand to bluff, assuming you also want to lead for 2,500 or for any other amount with a flush. 
you never want to have a spot in your range where you have entirely bluffs or entirely value hands against a good player. So I actually don't hate this as a bluff. Um, if my opponent, again, if my opponent thinks he's getting value from this, that's ridiculous. But if he's bluffing, I think it's actually a pretty sweet play. I do, though, think that he should have bet larger. And that's just because I he, he is trying to represent a flush. And I do think he should have a lot of flushes in his range in this spot. So I think betting larger would make more sense. So pretty cool hand. I also thought the comments, again, that were left on Share My Pair were interesting because some people thought, oh, he's obviously blocking betting, making a blocking bet. And <laughs> maybe he was. I mean, a lot of people, this is what people are thinking. They think, oh, I'm going to blocking bet here because, I don't know, in certain reason, I guess because the draws got there. But in reality, I think it's uh, not a spot where you want to lead the river at all. And my call, I think, is speculative, but eh, I'm kind of a calling station, so... <laughs> don't try to bluff me that's gonna be it for this week if you enjoyed this episode please leave a review wherever you are watching it and leave a rating that would definitely help me out and that's gonna be it for this week thank you very much and i will see you back next time